Football MX Network production. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know a new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's industry seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires and brought to you by Blenzall, Plum Creek Funding, Works Connection, Premier Vapor Blasting of Georgia, 612 Suspension, and Fly Racing. Welcome, everybody. It's Industry Seating, Sunday afternoon. And yeah, we don't have a ton of news this week, uh, racing-wise, but we do have some schedule updates, so I wanted to do a short little podcast and uh, kind of give you my thoughts on the the news both here in the USA for Lucas Oil Pro Motocross and also for MXGP in Europe. We, we had some schedule updates to both of those series before we do that, I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast, Pirelli Tires, Blenzall Oils, Works Connection, Plum Creek Funding, Premier Vapor Blasting, 612 Suspension, Fly Racing, and new for this week, Fast Foundry, and we'll get into that more a little bit later. But jumping right into it, we first got news of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross getting some significant schedule changes, and we don't have a ton of info. We, we actually have more questions than we do answers, and I've tried, tried to get to the bottom of this. Uh, some of the things you hear you can't really talk about because they're not confirmed, and they're purely speculation, but other things are a little bit more concrete, and we can talk about. So it looks like they're aiming for an August start now, where we were, you know, as, as you know, we were July 18th at Ironman in Indiana, and we were July 25th at WW Ranch in Florida. Problems arose from, you know, the COVID resurgence and these spikes in cases, which aren't good for anybody. And, uh, yeah, that's a whole different topic, but definitely not good news on that front. And hopefully that calms back down sooner. The silver lining there is that these cases now prevent a huge second wave, or at least lower the chances of a huge second wave come the fall. So I'm trying to, trying to stay positive throughout this, but it certainly created some, uh, difficulties in restarting this Lucas Oil Pro Motocross series on the July 18th date that they had had aimed for. So we've uh, we've moved that. It looks like mid August, and we certainly don't have any confirmation of that. And remember, we were hoping for a race at Loretta Lens for a Pro National in mid August. So I don't know if that will be in the cards as the uh, the kickoff. I, I have not heard that, but I'm just guessing going by dates that. Loretta's will, they'll try to keep Loretta wins in that same time frame because remember the Loretta wins amateur national is still scheduled for, you know, early, early to mid August. There's actually regional qualifiers going on today. I know there's one going on in Washougal today. Our friends, the Kiefer's are there. Aiden is uh, trying to qualify as well as Joe Aloff, my ex teammate's son, Liam is trying to qualify there and they're racing as we speak. So Loretta's is still on, on the amateur side. We know that the pro race for the first time ever, hopefully is still on. And I would imagine with 
all of the MX Sports people there and the track crew and, and everyone involved on site, I would bet they would try to coincide those dates to keep everyone there. So we'll see how that plays out. It's just uh, kind of reading between the lines. I'm sure they would like to make that as an efficient event as possible. Having those back-to-back weekends certainly does that. Now, as for the other tracks, I think that Ironman is almost a certainty from the aggressive stance that Indiana has had throughout this pandemic. They were kind of first on board to want to bring racing back, and I think that will still be the case. Now, what I worry about is MX Sports trying to put multiple events at the same venue. And I worry about that because I I think you would get spectator fatigue and spectator exhaustion because this series is based on spectator revenue. And obviously there is no one more clued into that than MX Sports. But I think if they tried to go multiple rounds and I think anything past two would be a mistake. And if you look at MXGP, which we'll get into that, they're doing three at each venue. Well, not each venue, but at certain venues, they're doing three rounds. Their business model is significantly different, and we'll talk about that. But I I hope that MX Sports doesn't follow that pattern because I just don't think it would work. I don't think that people have the attention span or the willingness to spend that much money each weekend or each event. Uh, because it's a pretty expensive undertaking to go to a, to a race. You know, you take your family entries and food and parking and all the associated costs, you know, it's well worth it, but I don't know that people can afford or are willing to afford to do that multiple times in succession. So we'll see where that goes. But I guess if, if I had to make a guess as to how this series would go, I think we'll be somewhere between six and eight events. That's my guess. Um, I have heard that there are, certain OEMs and certain sponsors that are pushing for more. They're pushing for that 11 or 12 rounds that we were all hoping for as spectators. Anyway, I personally just don't see how that's going to be possible really more with timing. Now, you know, we're talking about a hopeful mid August start and there's no guarantee of that. That could easily turn into late August. That could easily turn into the beginning of September. I don't want to say easily, but it, it could happen. And every delay in every pushback, in my opinion, just causes less rounds to be possible. You know, where does the line get drawn though, for this to be considered a true championship for me, my opinion, which means absolutely zero. My opinion would be six rounds, anything less than six rounds. And you're really starting to question the integrity of a true championship and all of the decor and, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance to go along with it. I just feel like there would forever be an asterisk around the series. If you didn't end up running at least six rounds because there's so much variance, especially if you're not going to run six individual tracks, if you were going to run multiple events at one venue, you really start to narrow the focus as far as skill sets and riders that excel on certain tracks. Uh, all of that stuff really comes into play and that that's all opinion, of course, but that would be my opinion. Uh, to me, these, what makes these championships so great, whether they are Lucas oil pro motocross, or they are the MXGP series is that you get lots of different tracks across the country, around the world, different dirt types, different climates, you know, cause we'll go to say Unadilla in July and it'll be 50 degrees in the morning and, and not really all that hot during the day, but then we can go to Florida 
in, you know, it, it's been in June in the past, but let's say it's in August this year or September, and it will be close to hundred degrees and very, very high humidity. And it's a true physical test as far as being able to handle heat and humidity for these guys. So it, you really get a lot of range as far as what these guys are asked to deal with and, uh, excel through. And that's the same for MXGP too. So I guess my point is the less you get of that, you start narrowing down your expectations and how much you can, how much weight you can really put on these titles. So just keep an eye on that. And, and that's going to be, I think some compromise because I think MX sports is going to want to get a series built and put together and done no matter what for lots of reasons, you know, fulfilling sponsor obligations. And obviously they want to go racing, but at the same time, they don't want it to become, you know, just kind of some sort of sideshow. It want, it needs to be professional. It needs to look legitimate and something that the world respects as a championship. So I certainly don't have any answers there. And this is absolutely a moving target. There are so many conversations going on both within MX sports and they're located in Morgantown, West Virginia, but they are constantly on the phone with local legislators, uh, in each state, you know, the, the states that they have penciled in as hopeful to have events there every day, they are on the phone with, uh, people within local government. there, trying to sort out COVID cases and, uh, whether numbers are going up and down and what the likelihood of having an event, um, gathering guidelines, all of those things have to be constantly monitored so they can plan accordingly. Realistically, and I read this uh, in a news headline somewhere, it seems like coronavirus is the boss. You know, you can have promoters of a series, you can have owners of tracks, you can have state governors, you can have whoever you want involved. Coronavirus is making the rules right now. When cases go down, pretty much can do whatever we want. We can have racing, we can have fans. Obviously, we're trying to follow the guidelines that are in place. But when those cases spike, everything goes sideways. And, and we saw how quickly that can turn. We saw how quickly the mood of optimism can really sour. And, you know, for me, I've kind of been optimistic through the whole thing. I don't really see any alternative to a vast majority of America catching this. I just don't know how it's avoidable without a cure or a vaccine, the rates that it's spreading, I don't want it. As I've said on this podcast many times, I certainly don't want to catch it, but I'm, I'm also trying to be realistic to the fact that we don't have any way to really prevent it in its entirety. And the odds of people catching it are, are pretty good, especially if we're going to try to maintain any sense of normal life. And there, that's a hot button topic, obviously. And I certainly don't wish anyone catching it. There are obviously a lot of vulnerable people, uh, in America and worldwide. You know, I have, you know, parents and everybody has parents and children. And you think about people with underlying issues, uh, they have immunodeficiencies, they have asthma, they have any of that stuff. It makes them so much more vulnerable to this. And you don't even have to have any of that. You can just be unlucky and it, it you know, uh, you get worse symptoms than many. Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR driver, he's asymptomatic, didn't even know he had it, and he tested positive and is not able to race today. So that's a perfect example of someone who is incredibly fit, and if you if you know anything about Jimmy Johnson, he runs marathons, he is really active and really, really fit. I would argue maybe the fittest of all NASCAR drivers, 
and he tested positive and he's not allowed to participate. So this is kind of everywhere, unfortunately. And I just don't know how we're going to avoid that being the case more than not. And I don't know at this point if we should completely disrupt American life, if it's inevitable anyway, kind of getting off topic there and it gets really political and that's not what I'm here for. I'm just trying to share my views on it and my approach to it. And listen, I just got back from traveling. I was in California for five days and then I was in Las Vegas for four days and I was out talking about the 2021 fly racing line that's coming out here in a month. And I just had to accept the fact that I was going to subject myself to, hopefully I didn't subject myself to the virus, but I was certainly out and about more than most Americans are right now. You know, I was in hotels and I was in restaurants and yeah, I wore a mask and I stayed away from people and I washed my hands a million times a day and I used hand sanitizer and I was as safe as I feel I could possibly be. That doesn't mean I didn't come in contact with it and that doesn't mean I still won't catch it. Uh, but I'm trying to do everything I can and also do the best job I can for my employers and also try to live the most normal life I can within a you know certain level of safety parameter. But I'm, I also don't think I'm going to change that. You know, if, if I'm allowed to travel to these Lucas Oil Pro Motocross races in August, I really want to, I, I don't know that I will be allowed to, that's going to be a debated topic within our company, but I'm certainly going to push for it. I think having fly racing at these races is very, very important. Uh, we need to have our pulse on the sport or our finger on the pulse of the sport, I should say. And, you know, we're also not able to travel and, and visit our, our very valuable Western power sports dealers. And that's not a good thing. We need to be out there and, uh, continuing on with our momentum and spreading the message that we are creating and telling everyone about all the good things that we have coming and, and all of that for this entire industry has taken a hit right now, but hopefully that's short lived. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Pirelli tires. And if you watch formula one, you saw Pirelli all over the TV screen this morning, which I did. They are the official tire of formula one. It's a spec tire. So no one has a choice, but obviously formula one believes that Pirelli is the choice to use. So Pirelli was all over and we watched Valtteri Bottas win the Austrian Formula One race. Pretty good race this morning. Pretty drama filled with penalties and crashes and mechanical failures going on all over the place. But I have to say, I, I w it was pretty awesome to watch racing and just to have that normal Sunday morning racing, you know. And, and I miss MotoGP and I miss MXGP and motocross. And we got Formula One back today. And yeah, it wasn't normal. You didn't have all the crowds and everything going on, but it was damn sure better than all the other Sunday mornings lately. So I'll take it. And, uh, Pirelli obviously won the event and kudos to them. And I know they are looking forward to MXGP returning all their stars, you know, the hurlings and Geyser and all these guys that run Pirelli tires. And then for Lucas Oil Pro Motocross, they have the return of Joey Savacci. They have guys like Alex Martin, obviously Freddie Noren, but they get a bunch of their, their stars, back into, uh, into racing. We saw Brock tickle have one of the best races of his career at Salt Lake at the finale using Pirelli tires. So the future's looking pretty bright for Pirelli. Now getting into MXGP, 
we finally got a new schedule. And it, for those of you who don't know, they were purchased. Youthstream was bought out by a media company in Europe. And so there have been changes going on there. And it's still a lot of the same people, you know, pulling the strings there. But there is certainly another layer of uh, these things being released and another, just another aspect to their series now because it's not just Ustream. The company that bought Ustream is called Infront. And I haven't met anybody from Infront, nor do I know that how involved they are or not involved, but I can tell that there have been some changes at the top because if you guys remember in the past, Ustream, they love a good PR. They love a press conference and they just keep them coming. And I think you've seen a little bit of a, a pullback on that. You've seen less of that and you've seen more decisive press releases because I can tell you in years past with all of this flux and all this uncertainty, there would have been schedule change after schedule change after schedule change. And they would have just kept rolling them out and you would have had, you'd have just been shrug your shoulders and had no idea what to think. And I just got used to that. I think everybody got used to it, but now it seems like they are much more thoughtful in when they release things and they seem to have a lot more direction and, and finality to their decision-making process. And uh, I think it's for the better, but it, it's really the only difference I've noticed in the the power changeover is that there just seems to be a more measured approach to how they release information. And that makes sense. Infront is a media-based company. So assuming they have a, a lot of very smart people there to absorb Ustream. Now for me, I don't know if I'm going to get to go to these MXGP rounds. I hope so. I was scheduled to already have been to one. I was supposed to go to uh, Majora. That would have been May. The race was May 15th. That obviously didn't happen. Majora has been completely pulled from the schedule for 2020. My next trip would have been to Sweden was going to be August. I don't even know. August 22nd or something. Steve Mathis and I were going to go over there and he, he has never been. I've been to that, that round. It's Udavala. Now that round has been canceled as well, as well as Finland has been canceled with it. Uh, the Czech GP has been canceled, uh, and, and Germany has been canceled. They, the hits just keep on coming. But for me, I was going to miss out. I'm, I'm going to miss out on Sweden either way, uh, but it's canceled. So I was going to miss because I don't believe that America, Americans would be allowed into the EU by then. And then they went ahead and did away with the event. So now I don't feel so bad. But if you've looked at the newest MXGP schedule, they are doing precisely what I hope the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross does not do, which is three events at one venue within a week or two. That first event is at Kegums, which is in Latvia, and it's right outside the capital city of Riga. And if you go back to 2014, you'll remember this was the host city of the Motocross of Nations, and I was fortunate enough to be there. And I'll tell you what, that's a great place to be. So if you're looking for a place to hang out for a week and watch three races, that's a good spot. Riga is a beautiful Eastern Europe, very old city. And when I say old, it just, when you walk around, you feel like you're in a time warp going back, you know, a couple hundred years. And I, I really enjoyed that. We had a great time. We flew in, I think on Tuesday before the event, uh, Chad Reed tested a couple days with team Australia. 
And then, you know, that rolls into the weekend and it's a long motocross the nation's weekend. And then finally I actually flew on to Moscow from there on Monday, but I just had a great time myself and, and burner and Chad Reed and, uh, Dan Truman and everybody, we just really, really had fun. So for them, that's cool. But to try to do that in America, I don't think that would work. And that's really where the different business model comes in because a lot of these MXGP rounds are subsidized by the national government. And that's the case for Latvia. They love to have this event in their country and they're, I don't know the politics of it, but somehow or another, they are paid, you know, the the event, uh, it would be in front now, which used to be Youthstream, is paid to host this event. And they are given a fee which covers the majority of their costs and does not make it dependent on spectators to show up. And I've heard some pretty big numbers for that fee, not really my place to speculate, but that is where the difference comes in. And if you're looking at how to compare the two, yeah, a national doesn't get that. We don't have local governments paying a subsidy fee to bring a race there. So if you look at MXGP, they're going to have a thousand spectator cap at these events in Kegums. So you're going to race on Sunday and then on Wednesday and then on Sunday with only a thousand people allowed to come. Of course, you're not going to really make any money, right? There there's only a thousand people allowed to go, but that government subsidy makes it okay. It covers the costs. It allows in front to get their sponsor fees. They will get on, on television worldwide. They will have their MXGP dash TV subscriptions, income. So it makes sense on that front to do it that way. Just in the U S we don't have that capability. And it's also the reason that you see MXGP go to places like Indonesia and Thailand and China and all these places because the governments are paying for it. That's how these races work. We don't have that capability here in the U S so it's just a completely different business model from top to bottom. And you really can't compare the two or ask, why do they do this? And why do we do that? Because the way the revenues are based is completely separate. There are some similarities. I get it. You know, the NBC gold app and versus MXGP TV are similar and you have sponsorship dollars coming in, but in the end, what it takes to make an event successful, profitable or not are completely different. You know, an MXGP event in theory and this happens. I mean, if you go look at these races in Thailand and I was in China, it's a perfect example. I was in China last September. There weren't that many people there, you know, like, okay, there were some, but like a, it was like a big local race. It wasn't tens of thousands by any means, but I'm sure that in front or Ustream, it was a profitable venture. And you think about how much it costs to fly hundreds of employees from mainland Europe to China and all of the infrastructure and everything it takes to move an entire event to, to China, that's a really expensive undertaking and absolutely impossible without the government intervening And the tour. It was a tourism bureau of, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the district of Shanghai that we were in. They, they were the ones that were willing to spend the money, but we just don't have anything like that is, is my, the point I keep coming back to. So the way they're going about racing is not really applicable to the way we're going to go about racing. Uh, but let's just be thankful that we're going to get a lot of racing. Now it's going to look pretty weird when you look at the MXGP calendar, because they have 
a couple of events in Italy. They have these Kegums events, which I touched on. Uh, they're still claiming to end the series in Argentina. I'm, I'm actually really hope, hopeful that happens. I really want to go to that Argentina finale. You know, it's obviously in the Southern Hemisphere, so it would be going into their summer, which sounds pretty great. And if you've ever watched that event, it is one of the most scenic tracks and venues I've ever I've ever watched. So that is really appealing to me. But obviously, we have a lot of coronavirus implications to worry about before I can uh, even consider that. But looking further into the schedule, you see there's no more German GP. So Teutschenthal has been kind of the go-to for the past several years. That's removed. Uh, Czech is uh, Lockett in the Czech Republic. That's gone. I don't know what happens to Russia. That was supposed to be the big triumphant return was to Orleonok in Russia. And I kind of, I'd been on the fence about going to that. That doesn't look like it's happening. There doesn't seem to be another Dutch GP. You know, we had Valkensward, uh, that was, has already happened, thankfully, but it, we're not going to, uh, to have Assen or anything this year. It doesn't seem, uh, so that's done. doesn't look like we're going to Agueda in Portugal. And, and obviously some of this is still fluid. So if I get some of these wrong or if I'm mistaken, bear with me, but I'm, I'm kind of trying to read between the lines based on the information we have and what I hear kind of through the grapevine talking to, uh, my sources in Europe, but motocross the nations looks like it's going to happen, but not in France where it was supposed to happen. And along with that, it doesn't look like we're going to get a French GP at all. And Steve Dixon, who many of you know, is, uh, the promoter for Matterly Basin in England. And he also runs the, a very well-funded Kawasaki privateer team. And I, I wanted to call it the bike bike it team, but I don't know if he's still sponsored by them. So I should, uh, should read up on that. And I apologize if I'm, if I'm misspeaking there, but Steve Dixon has always done a great job with Matterly Basin. I was at the motocross the nations event there. When was that? I guess coming up on three years ago and what a disastrous turn of events. I did have a great time though. It was muddy as hell. And I walked around in slop and rain and mist for multiple days. And Steve Mathis always wants to take shots at me and say, I, I wasn't having a good time while I was there because I, I will admit I was complaining some, it just never stopped raining like ever, never did it stop raining. Not from when we got there till we left. And it wasn't pouring down Florida, you know, Amazonian, Amazonian rain. It was just kind of misting, but it was, I mean, everything you touched was muddy and underwater and you were walking in like six inches deep mud and the cars were getting stuck. And when we went to dinner, it was, we were walking in the rain. And when you went to go get coffee, it was in the rain. And then when you, we were going to the airport on Monday, it was in the rain. It just never, never stopped. Similarly to uh, Redbud the next year, after the first day, it just never stopped and it just kept on raining. And you, it gets, it starts to wear on you a little bit because the racing's crap. USA was doing crappy and everything kind of surrounding the event turns to crap because it just sours the mood of everything and, and all these festivities that you want to do. You want to you know, hang out at people's pits and have a drink and catch up and just, uh, bench race. And you can't because it's raining and everybody's miserable. So, um, 
I hope that if we do go to Matterway again, and, and I don't think the USA is going to go. Let's start there. The, I think the USA is out for Motocross the Nations this year. And I don't, I shouldn't be the one to speak to that. It's just my opinion, but I think we are not going. Um, but if we, if we do have a motocross of, of nations event at Matterley, I, I hope to go, I hope that the borders are open and I'm allowed to, uh, commentate again. I, I would go in a heartbeat, whether the USA participates or not. I, I, you know, I would hate that, but at the same time, it would be no different than me going to an MXGP event. I would, I would love to go. I'd absolutely sign up for that. I want to thank, talk to you a little bit about Blenzol Oils, and the notes I made for today are about the number 455 Ultra, and this used to be known as Super Blenzol because it offers the combination of high performance and the ultimate in lubrication pr- protection. Now, this can be used two ways. It can be used as premix for your two-stroke, or it can be injector oil if you have a fuel-injected two-stroke. So go to Blenzol.com. Go to their Instagram at Blenzall. And they took some pretty tough news. They were really ready to go racing this summer with Michael Essie during Lucas Oil Pro Motocross, these 125 invitational races. And those got canceled. So I'm certainly feeling for David Schloss and their team. That was a pretty exciting project. They had really been working hard towards and they were gonna win. It's probably what was gonna happen. But it was it was really gonna shed a lot of light on Blenzall, and that's that's a bummer. But we can still do our part and everybody's out riding, which is the coolest part of, I think, COVID-19. If there is any good thing to come from this, it's that people are out riding. People are on the lake. They're riding jet skis. They're in their UTVs and side-by-sides and dirt bikes. And I was up in the mountains yesterday in Idaho and it was a bonanza of dirt bikes and ATV, UTV, jet ski, boat, uh, literally anything with an engine people are using it. So that's a great thing for our power sports industry. And, and all of us are like-minded people that way. So check out blendsall.com for any of your needs in that arena. I want to talk to you about worst connection. And I noticed a little trend today as I was doing my research for this podcast. Now I want you to name some good starters. Who are the first ones that would come to mind as far as good starters in both classes? Now I would name Ken Roxon. I would name Justin Brayton. I would name Shane McElrath. I would name Justin Cooper. I would name Vince Freezy. Those are pretty pretty good starters. Five, right? Right off the bat. Did you know all of those guys use the Works Connection Pro Launch Start device? Well, they do. And I was pretty sure they did, but I had to go back and do my research to make sure because I, I made a list of all the good starters I could think of. And I started cross-referencing that with the Works Connection crew, and I highly doubt that's a coincidence. So if you need a starting device, and most of you do, if you don't have one on your bike, then you absolutely do. If you're going to go racing, you have no chance at a good start without one. Why not get a Works Connection Pro Launch Start device? They've been around a long time. And listen, if you're around a long time in this sport, that means you're doing something right because there have been a lot of companies come and go. And there's usually a reason that companies come and go. And these guys are doing it the right way. So check out worksconnection.com and at worksconnection on Instagram to learn more. Also want to speak to you about Premier Vapor Blasting. Go check out their Instagram. And I saw a swing arm that they restored this week that, again, I, I keep telling you guys, they blow my mind every time they put something up there because I'm new to this whole Vapor Blasting game. 
but it looks like they're putting old parts on there and then new parts on there. But that's just what this new technology, this vapor blasting technology is capable of. It's complete restoration and it takes old parts and makes them look new. If you mention the industry seating podcast, you will get a 25% discount. So go to at premier vapor blasting on Instagram and check out what they can do to make your bike look new again. Now onto this MXGP talk. Um, let's see where this goes because there's a lot of questions that have to be answered, you know, and, and I, I gave in front a lot of credit for kind of holding back schedule talk until they had more answers, which has not been the, the norm, as I mentioned earlier, but there are still many questions that they haven't answered. They still have TBA dates. They still have some rounds that they need to insert back in here. So just keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens with Italy. They have some Italian rounds on here and let's hope that Italy continues to heal because remember that was the hardest hit country in the world by coronavirus in the early stages. But as we know, Ustream is based in Italy and of course they want to get their Italian rounds in. I did notice that, uh, Major- as we know, Majora is gone. looks like Imola is gone. And remember Imola was going to be the finale. It was the weekend before motocross the nations. And I was tapped to do the, uh, television commentary for Imola. And then I was going to stay back in Europe and then go to motocross the nations. So that's all out the window. Who the hell knows what's going on with that. But it seems like they've, uh, changed up the, the tracks there and they're going to a track called Faenza, which I've never been to. I've been very close to it. It's in between Bologna and San Marino. So pretty close to like where Mizano MotoGP track is. And then of course, Bologna is home to places like Ferrari and Ducati. Uh, so right down the road from, uh, those tracks. And I think that's where Andrea Davicioso broke his collarbone last weekend. For those of you who are, uh, into MotoGP, I believe that's where he got hurt at the, uh, Italian kind of state championships. I believe it's Emilia Romagna as the, uh, the championship that he was at and broke his collarbone, which is very untimely because they're starting up racing here soon. So we'll play all that by year, both the MXGP series, the motocross of nations. And for me, it's really important because I want to go to these rounds and I just love what that series has done in recent years. I really believe they've taken huge steps forward and I am more a fan than anything else. Now I also want to mention a couple of sponsors here, just the last few and bear with me. 612 suspension. They can work on anything you have. You have an ATV. Okay. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're just a fan. You have an ATV. Cool. I guess if you're a quad racer, that would be a reason. If you have a UTV, you have a street bike, you have an adventure touring bike, you have a motocross bike, you have an off-road bike. All of those things can be improved by 612 suspension. They can do coatings. They can do revalve. They can change your oil. They can set your bike up for your height and weight, which is one of the most critical aspects. 612 suspension is part of the race tech family. So they have the technology and the experience to make sure your bike is, or I should say ATV, UTV, street bike, whatever it's set up to work the best it possibly can. And I go a long way back with the monk family who owns 612 suspension. And I firmly believe in the technological knowledge they have and the expertise they have because they've been around this for a very long time. So check out 612suspension.com. You can get a 20% discount on parts and labor if you mention the industry seating podcast. 
I also want to talk about Fast Foundry, and Fast Foundry is a new sponsor for this week, and I'm very excited to have Robert and crew on board. Now, much like Plum Creek Funding, they are outside of the industry. They are a tech solution company. Now, whether you're a startup company and you just need to automate your company or whether you could be an existing company that's been around for decades, but you need to modernize and update your automation, they have the answers for you. They've worked with HP. They've worked with Mountain Dew. They've worked with Intel. So they have a lot of experience going back decades in how to optimize your systems. They've worked with many, many Fortune 500 companies, and they can be the answer for you. And these are Moto people, which is the coolest part. You can, you can talk Moto with them, and then you can get down to business. But at the same time, you have that common bond where you know that at heart, this is, this is your motocross people that, yeah, okay, their, their business life is not, in, is not in the industry. But you know after work and on the weekends, they're watching the same events you are, and they're like-minded people. And, and that's who I try to work with, whether I'm refinancing a house or I need to, again, update automation for a company I'm starting. I would much rather work with a motocross-minded person than just someone I found on Google, right? That, that seems to make a lot of sense. So check out fastfoundry.com. And Robert's always at the races. He has been around Adam Insignap, 7 Deuce Deuce, for a long time, and that's where I really met him. Even though he's from Boise, I, I would always see him with that crew, and uh, that just led slowly to uh, us establishing this business relationship. So check out those guys, and uh, I can certainly try to answer more questions for you as well. Plum Creek funding. I talked to Zach this week and he did a loan for a, it was a VA, VA loan. So, you know, not everybody would qualify, but it was under two and a half percent. Think about that. A 30 year loan. I believe he said it was like 2.375% or something. That's insane. Now I ran some numbers here. And if you are like me looking at refi, looking at buying something and your loan for a lot of Americans right now, your loan could be four and a half percent. That's pretty average. If you did a, if you bought or refied in 2018, you probably would have been in that four and a half percent range. Okay. So I ran some numbers here. If you have a $300,000 loan at four and a half percent, you're paying around 13, five in interest a year. That sucks. That's a lot of money that you're paying in interest for the right to live in the house you have. And, and for that lender, right? That's the reason they loan you that money. Now, if you went and you talked to Zach Morris and you did a refi and you went to Plum Creek funding for this, you can probably get in the three and a quarter percent, right? 3.25. That's pretty much going rate for right now. That's going to be $9,750 a year. So just by doing your refi, you would save $3,250 a year, over three grand a year. And think about how many years your mortgage has left right? Say you had 20 years left on your refi. You're talking like 70 grand. And that's, I know that because that's what I did. I absolutely did that. I did it in 2018 and got my rate down a point and a half. Yeah. Okay. Closing costs on your, you know, refi or whatever is going to cost you a little bit of money on the loan. But I think in the end we ran the numbers and it saved me like 64 grand over the course of the loan. Now, I don't know about you, but somebody offers me a deal to save me 64 grand over the next you know, 15 years, I'm in. Done, right? So reach out to Zach Morris at Plum Creek Funding. His cell phone is 720-212-4685 and see how he can save you money. At least ask the questions. It doesn't cost you any money to ask questions.
Last but not least, fly racing. 2021 is right around the corner. I've been out showing it, selling it, teaching the media about it, so we are ready to rock and roll. Now, if only we had a Lucas Oil Pro Motocross race to debut it at, that would certainly help. But regardless of that, July 31st, we're rolling it out. We will be rocking and rolling on July 31st. So watch out for that. Only a few short weeks away. Check out that Formula Helmet. Check out flyracing.com. Maybe you'll learn something. That's what we're all here for, right? So I want to thank everybody for listening to this. We Honestly, we have more questions than answers. There wasn't a ton to talk about today other than schedule changes, so I'm kind of keeping this short. I think we'll probably get more news in the coming days and weeks, but it's a little bit of a slow time, right? The The MXGP calendar is is set for now, and they, they start racing, I believe, August 9th is the first day. So we're over a month away from that, and we'll obviously be watching to see what happens with uh, Loretta Lenz and obviously the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross schedule. But can we just hope that these coronavirus cases slow down? I was watching the news while I was recording this, and the cases actually dropped over the weekend, which is a good sign, but we have a long way to go. Uh, Everything's been trending up, not down. Hopefully, people were safe this 4th of July holiday, and we don't see some huge spike because of it. I just want to go racing. The Formula One race this morning really got me optimistic about what's to come you know because think about it we have formula one we have MotoGP, we have mxgp we have lucas Oil pro motocross all in the next fun we haven't even started them yet we're just getting going we have months and months and months of racing and once they're all firing at once it's going to be overload and i can't wait for that that's going to be awesome literally between podcasts and videos and live racing and all the shows before and after it's going to be an entertainment bonanza and it's definitely the slow time right now. It's going to be a little bit of feast or famine and it's famine right now, but it's going to be a great time. And then I know some of you probably don't care, but that's going to roll into football season. And if we have racing, all those forms of racing and football season going on at the same time, I don't know that I can handle that much stimulus. I may have some sort of meltdown because I'm going to be absorbing so much information because that's what I do. I read websites. I read articles. I absorb stats. I watch all these games and races and yeah, okay. It's, it's fun, but I'm trying to think how I'm going to mentally process all that information as well as doing my job and Pulp MX and this podcast and all the other things too, but that's all right. Problems for another time. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I will be back next Sunday, even if we don't have anything to talk about. I'll just do Q&A. So please send me your questions. Email jason36 at aol.com. I did get some this week, so don't think that I don't have those. I archive them, and uh, I'll roll those out next week. I just wanted to talk about the new MXGP schedule and Lucas Oil Pro Motocross updates today. But unless we have some breaking news this week, uh, next Sunday will be a Q&A segment. So email me, direct message me, uh, at Industry Seating Podcast. It's actually just at Industry Seating. Or at my personal Instagram is at Jason, the number 66 Thomas. And uh, even if I don't respond, I will be saving these, screenshotting them, and archiving them so I can cover them on next week's podcast. So thanks again. Talk to you soon. Be safe. See you.